0: Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where OP costs their stupid boss $30,000. Our next Reddit post is from I a Tiny Llama. I was working a second job at our local small grocery and butcher shop a few nights a week to pay for my kids' activities. I was hired as a cashier. The person who did the end-of-day butcher shop cleanup and sanitizing quit. So instead of hiring someone for cleanup, the owners decided that the cashiers could just do it between customers. The owners sat in their office watching TV and screwing around, and when a customer came in, they could hear the doorbell ring. The manager would buzz the phone in the butcher area for the cashier to come check them out. When I came in for my shift at 6 p.m. and I was told about the new setup, I told them no. I was not hired to clean up the butcher area. I was hired to run the register and stock shelves. The owner then said that I would clean the butcher shop or consider myself fired, and they walked away. I said, fine, grabbed my things and left. Apparently, the owner thought that I had just given in and was in there doing the cleaning. So they buzzed the butcher area when customers came in for about two hours before someone told them no one was coming to check them out. The store's liquor area, cigarettes, and ticket scratchers got emptied out. An hour and a half later at 7.30, I got a screaming phone call from the owner about how he was calling the cops and that I was going to get arrested. Yeah, right. The owner did call the cops. The owner said that he wanted me arrested as an accomplice to the thefts because I had left. The cops asked me to come to the store, which I did, and I explained that the owner had fired me. So I went home, and the CCTV would prove that fact. The tape was reviewed, and plain as day, the owner said that I was fired. I estimate they lost about $30,000. Well, I don't know, maybe if you fire your one and only employee in the store, and you allow your store to get robbed when you're presumably sitting in front of the security cameras, then maybe you deserve to lose the merchandise? Our next Reddit post is from Terrible Fix. Maybe 10 years ago, I worked in tech support for a large cell phone company. Depending on the shift, we had vastly different ratios of male versus female employees. Anyhow, there was one shift where most of the floor managers, as well as the shift managers for the entire office, were women. I had only been working that shift a couple of weeks, but I knew that we weren't supposed to escalate unless it was really unavoidable. I get this caller who will not let me finish sentences and keeps interrupting me. Eventually, he demands a manager. I reluctantly transfer him and go on with my shift. The next day, Linda, the supervisor who took that call, comes to my desk and says, I need to talk about that escalation last night, and I'm thinking that I'm in trouble. Turns out, the dude kept asking for higher supervisors and getting transferred all over the office, always to women. Finally, he loses it and goes, Don't any men work there? Cue Paul. Paul was a wonderful, gentle guy, who was also very gay. He takes over the call, and in the most effeminate way possible says, Hi sweetie, this is Paul, how can I help? The dude immediately hung up. Normally, I wouldn't do like a really girly, flowery voice for a gay person. The only reason why I did it this time is because OP specifically wrote that he said it in the most effeminate way possible, so I'm just trying to evoke what OP wrote. Down down in the comments, I love this reply from Coder Joe. I bet he will rue the day that he asked for Paul. Our next Reddit post is from Rare Cheesecake. Some background. I'm a 27-year-old woman who works in IT. I'm a well-respected and known member of the IT party circle, so I'm not jaw-droppingly popular, but people know me and I have a very good reputation. Also, I got to the point in my career when I wanted to give back, so I started mentoring others. Mostly, I mentored adults or those who were closer to me in age career advice, how to apply for different exchange programs that can boost their professional growth and improve their speaking and writing skills, the usual. But I'm always ready for a challenge, so I decided to try to mentor kids. It's not a secret that IT and STEM are increasingly popular right now, and more and more people want to get into the field. Therefore, there are myriads of boot camps, hackathons, and mentoring programs for all ages. So, I signed up for one such program as a mentor. I would teach kids how to code with blocks, tell them what AI is, and how to develop an MVP. It sounds more complicated than it might look at first glance, especially when you're an educated professional with a degree, explaining concepts that are rather complicated to kids who may have less than 1 of your tech knowledge. Also, participating in these programs gives kids credits and can help them get into better schools, or even be eligible for some university scholarships later in life. The only requirement is that they have to upload their project to the website before the deadline. I was assigned two teams, early middle schoolers, Team A, and high schoolers, Team B. Both teams had five members, and the younger team, Team A, was filled with eight-year-olds. I thought, oh my god, this'll be tough. Ironically, despite my worries, the kids in Team A were doing great. But the same could not be said about Team B. Also relevant, I have two rules. One, the students must have one meeting per week where at least 50% of the group must be present. Two, you have to reply to communication. Team B started out okay, but then they started not showing up to meetings and leaving assignments read, but unresponded to. I started prodding the students, reminding them not to miss the deadline. Eventually, the so-called team leader of Team B, Sam, wrote this to me. Um, hi, OP. I know that you probably mean well, but you only bother the team with those deadline messages. Can't you, like, chill out? When we need you, we'll contact you. Just get out of our hair and let us do our job. I'm sorry if this hurts your feelings. It is what it is. Heart emoji. After I read that message, I was like, WTF? But I did respond that I would stop messaging if that caused tension with the team. Sam wrote back, just stop, okay? Jeez. Okay, I'm washing my hands of this. Since receiving that message, I haven't sent one single reminder to Team B. I'd scheduled no meetings, no updates, no checkups about their curriculum or their understanding. And I definitely didn't send a written reminder of the deadline. The deadline came. Team A uploaded their project with no issues, and their parents even bought me a nice box of chocolates as a thank you gesture. After the deadline came and went, Team B started bombarding chat, asking me to help because something's wrong with the site. We can't upload our project. I entered the chat and said, yes, it won't upload. No, this is not an issue with the site. The deadline is passed, so if you try to upload it, it will only show you an error message. I warned you, kids! So, they get no extra credits, no nothing. Team B tried to blame me, saying that as a mentor, it was my job to ensure that they would succeed. I reminded them that my job as a mentor is to provide support and guidance, to keep track of their progress, and remind them of the deadline. Which, all of the above, they, via SAM, asked me not to do. And since I respected their boundaries, I did exactly as they requested. They can sulk as much as they want. I have all of our communication in writing, so they don't have a leg to stand on when trying to accuse me of sabotaging them in the program. Tough luck, kids! Down in the comments, I like this response from Country Mouse. I mean, you did teach them a valuable lesson, even if it wasn't the one they wanted. Our next Reddit post is from Chronic Complex Case. So I'm at a theme park, and I'm a full-time wheelchair user who can't walk or stand. So one of the rides is in a building, and it has this area outside the entrance where people can leave their pushchairs and strollers. My friend and I head to the entrance, and this young employee comes to me and says, You can just leave your wheelchair there. I look at the guy, and my friend is about to say something, but I catch my friend's eye and wink. I wheel over to the area and sit there with my brakes on. My friend catches on and comes to stand next to me. When the worker sees me not moving, he comes over and says, You can go in now. I reply, How? You told me to put my wheelchair here. The employee, still not catching on, replies, Yeah, so you need to leave your wheelchair here and then go in and get it after. I ask him how that'll work, and he sort of blinks at me, confused, then walks over to a guest who had asked for some help. Another worker, a supervisor, comes over and asks me if I'm okay. I explain to the supervisor that that employee over there told me to sit here in my chair, and then I could go ahead inside the ride, but to leave my chair here, but I'm confused because I can't walk or stand. The supervisor is mortified and tells me this is obviously not in the park rules. He told me that no one is ever asked to leave their wheelchair behind if they don't want to, and that I am allowed to go inside with my wheelchair. The first worker comes back over, and the supervisor asks him, what is he doing? The younger guy tries to explain himself, but pretty quickly he realizes that he was definitely in the wrong here. The guy finally puts two and two together, and realizes that he can't stand or walk, and is mortified. He's apologizing over and over. I explained that it's okay, and I'm glad he realized that what he said wasn't okay. I eventually go on the ride, and as I exit, the supervisor comes over and refunds us our park tickets and even has food and shop vouchers for myself and my friend. Our next Reddit post is from Lopsided Intention. Years ago, I worked as an assistant manager for a retail store in art supplies. My store was in a fairly affluent area, so we got a lot of bored housewives who dropped like 500 bucks on something because they wanted a hobby. So one year, the company offered a one-day only coupon for Black Friday, and the store was swamped. Saturday was swamped, and Sunday was swamped. I'm running a register and trying to get people through as rapidly as I can when she arrives. We'll call her Debbie. Debbie throws three bags full of merchandise on my counter. I want to return all this stuff and rebuy it. Okay, can I ask why? I bought all this stuff on Friday at a store like 1,500 miles away, and their tax rate is higher. So I want to return all of it and buy it here to pay lower taxes. Now hurry up, I've been driving all day and I'm tired. This is gonna be a pain on a very busy day over a discount that will amount to like $2.50. I confirm with the manager, who agrees that this is ridiculous, but we just need to do it. So, I start her return, but the totals don't match up. So, I have to call and talk to the on-call support rep. He tells me that I can only refund my state's tax amount, not the other state's tax amount. The solution is to manually adjust prices until the tax and totals match. As I'm doing this, Debbie is complaining about how she's tired from driving, I'm taking too long, her dog, her feet, her back, whatever. But eventually, I get everything balanced and process her return. I say, okay, the return has been processed. It's about time. You'd be done already if you weren't so stupid. Now, I want to buy it all again. Cue malicious compliance. The thing about art supplies is they can be small and in multitudes, and that's what she purchased. Individual pencils, brushes, pastels, sheets of paper, etc. Sure thing, ma'am, but I want to be absolutely certain that I ring everything up correctly, since I'm so dumb. So, with a sweet smile, I take everything out of the bags and ring them up one by one. Of course, some stuff doesn't scan so it has to be looked up. As I go along, she's getting more and more agitated. The insults get more frequent and now everyone in the line is glaring at her. At last, everything is rung up and I give her the total. Remember that coupon from the beginning of the story? That code has been pulled from the system. So the new total, with the reduced tax rate, is significantly higher than the old one. Debbie loses it and starts screeching. It's not even words at this point, only noise. Sorry, ma'am, but it looks like you used our exclusive coupon on Friday. Unfortunately, that coupon is no longer valid. Your new total will be such and such. She kept screaming, but eventually paid, snatched her items, and left. It was a good day to be retail. Our next Reddit post is from Firdo. The owner of a small company issued me a company cell phone that I didn't need, and he felt that gave him an excuse to call me at any time, day or night, workday or not, with stupid questions. He kept giving those of us with company cell phones changing rules about using those phones. One rule was that we had to answer ASAP. Another rule was that we were not to talk on the phone while driving. We had to pull over and park, then answer and talk. So, one morning I'm driving to work, and I should get to the office about 15 minutes early, when my phone rings. Morning traffic is heavy near the office, and it takes me some time to get out of traffic and park in a parking lot before I answer. He keeps the phone ringing the whole time. When I finally answer, he asks, Where are you? I tell him that I'm about 10 minutes from the office, but I had to stop and answer his call. He asks, Why aren't you here yet? I tell him, again, that I probably would have been at the office by now, but his call and rules have me sitting in a parking lot instead. I ask, what's the hurry? Is there an emergency? If I wasn't interrupted, I would have been in the office early. He he responds, why aren't you coming in? I remind him of his rule that I am not to answer his phone and drive at the same time. This type of stupid banter continues for a while until he gets tired. So, he hangs up and I continue to the office, now about 15 minutes late. (laughs) When I get to the office, the owner meets me and demands that I give him back the phone. He says that I don't deserve it. Hooray! Now he's unable to keep calling and bothering me. About a week later, (laughs) the owner stops by my cubicle and asks me why I'm not answering his cell phone calls. I remind him that he confiscated my phone. Apparently, he shoved it into a drawer and he can't hear it ring. Yeah, I moved on to greener pastures not long after this. Oh my god, how does a guy like this come to run a company? What a doofus! That was our slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.